Bow Wow got some bomb ass pussy. What? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. Like I said, that's how we start an episode. Yeah, that's that's where we at with it. Wow. That's where we at with it. Um <sighs> We're gonna get to Orlando Brown in a little bit. Um You got an all man moment, bro? Uh yeah, I, I have two all man moments. So first and foremost. Shout out to We Met in Real Life. I think, first of all, I think that's one of the dopest names that you could give yourself as a brand, as a company. That that, that name is pretty fire, okay? That is a dope name. That is a fire-ass name. We Met I-R-L. That shit is fire. So, they had a speed dating event. Um, shout out to the beautiful uh, curators. I don't know all of their names. I don't know these ladies, actually. But um, I was invited by the kid XAB, and I showed up. Me and the guy, we was there. We represented for the fellas. Yay, yay. And uh, had an amazing time. Um, I thoroughly just enjoyed, you know, talking to random ass strangers. I mean, we talk to y'all every fucking day. And a lot of y'all strangers, we don't know y'all. But y'all listen to us. You communicate with us online. And one day, you will meet us. Because we are brewing. We're we're planning. We're talking. We're speculating. We got some things in works. So get ready. Definitely was planning over the weekend. Oh, that's a big fact. I love it. So, here we are. So, we're at the speed dating event. Everything is going good. It's going, going great. Uh, I want to say it was about uh, 30 men, 30 women. Uh, I want to say, give or take, that was roughly the estimate of how much people were there. Um, the venue was dope. Uh, it was at a spot in Williamsburg. And, uh, yeah, the um, the the turnout was great. It, it's what you would expect at a speed dating event. Everybody was looking uh, great, dressed to the nines. However, I went on a particular speed date. It was an intervals of about three, four minutes. And on one of my four-minute speed dates... Had a young lady in front of me. She will remain nameless. XAB knew, knows what the fuck I'm talking about. And do I? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Long story short, as the date was starting, I said, hi, my name is. She told me her name. And then we started to talk. And then, like, I want to say within the first 45 seconds, she looked at my right wrist and said, oh, that's a not. No, wait, that's actually fake. And I was perplexed a little bit because I was like, I don't think this is how you really intended to start off this date by calling something I have on my wrist fake. Then she said, where'd you get it from? And I said, God has a gift. And she was like, okay, because this is not real talk horse. And I was like, okay. In my mind, I'm saying to myself now, I don't know where we go from here, but you know what? I'm going to just keep it right here. I'm going to follow your lead. So I said, so what about you like is in love with like, 
you know, bracelets. And then she started to go into it and, you know, the third eye and the fucking unk and shit like that. And I said, so this is where in my mind I might be going to keep it right here. And then when the clock goes off, this is where it's going to end. That's where we're going to keep it. This is where it's going to stay. Right. I, I, I didn't ask for a number. Didn't ask for anything. I said, uh, thank you. God bless you. Good night. You came. And then I went to the next <laughs> date. So. That was my only downer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. All Kanye laughs and shrugs. So that is where I decided to keep that date. And rule of thumb, ladies, I don't think out the gate, out the gun, you know, uh, you tell somebody on a date, even if you think it is, that what they have on is fake. <laughs> that, that, was, uh, that was perfect timing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think out the gate you should say. Because I couldn't imagine me telling her, damn, that's a fake-ass uh, eyelash, knowing that it's really fake. It's yeah. just a part of your accessory. That's how you want to be presented tonight. Or like, damn, your makeup is fucked up. Right, because I could see me getting slapped the fuck up right there. When the date's <laughs> over, I'm getting kicked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that, that was my only downtime to that. But that's not going to stop me from going on future speed dates. Just not. With that data. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about speed dating because, um, like we spoke about pre-production, a lot of people haven't done speed dating before, which is interesting to me. Um, cause when I was speaking to a couple of people about the experience, they were like, Oh my God, I've never done speed dating. Can you tell me like, what's it like? Like, were you nervous? And this, that, and the third. And I was like, this is really interesting. Cause this is probably maybe my Third or fourth time speed dating. That's, that's definitely my third one. Yeah. And granted, speed dating is probably not the normal or average way of getting to know people. So no. I'm fully aware of it's that. Definitely unconventional for sure. Yeah. But um, it's just a lot of people are also interested in the experience. And to me, it's a, that's where it's a little bit more like, oh, maybe we do need to kind of break it down a little bit more. But um, my all man moment. Before we get into the speed, then I'll break down my my view and experience of it. And then we could go into some of the questions, I guess, that seem to be what most people want to hear about when it comes to speed dating. Um, but in terms of an all man moment, um, hmm, did I have one this week? I'm sure I did, but I've been in this space of just kind of positivity since, you know, the whole hospital stuff. So. Um, I'll talk about, I guess, a highlight of this week and that has been learning to DJ. So I don't know if y'all, if I said it last week, I think I'd mentioned it. I might not have me and this guy talk a lot, so I might've just said it to him, but yeah, I'm learning DJing cause I kind of want to, yeah, I want to see, um, I want to see what that's like. So I'm learning the skills right now. I'm projecting that by the end of summer. I'll be able to maybe host an event, maybe even my birthday. Who knows? I'll do a, a birthday party and I'll DJ a little set real quick. But um, yeah, that's a highlight of the week. I don't really, I don't really have any low lights right now that are sticking out. If I do, I'll bring them back up during the, the end of the episode. But where um, did the? Uh, not that I'm surprised. We are very creative people. Where did the? Or when did you finally say, all right, I want to start now? Because it probably was always a thought. But when you say, all right, cool, I actually want to start doing it now. Like, I want to start teaching myself now. So it's funny because um, during the pandemic, Kelly, shout out to Kelly. Kelly and I were thinking about DJing. And she was like, yeah, we could learn together, da, 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 da. Um, but we never really connected and, and able to, like, sit down and do it. Um, but it's always been, like, 
And ain't it so funny? Because we definitely did connect during the pandemic. We was we was outside during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. It never really, um, like, so DJing has been part of my experience for a long period of time. In college, okay. I never bought a DJ controller, but, you know, you did the, the dorm parties where you had to set up the fire playlist and let the music play and run and get the party going and stuff like that. And then we did have like two or three people on on campus who considered themselves DJs. And I would always work with them like, yo, bro, you got to put this song in your set. You got to do this, that, and the third. Now, I know that that is not the full experience of DJing. Obviously, with the controller, learning the mix, learning the loop, and all these other... the Serato and all that shit. Yeah, all that shit is is definitely another layer. But um, DJing, I've always had like a slight interest in it. Um, And I just decided after... My hospital experience to be like, yo, fuck it. I don't want to just be like, yo, I, I always wanted to do this, that, and the third. So anything that I had a slight interest in, I'm trying to see if I can pursue it to some extent. Doesn't necessarily mean, it, yeah. yeah, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm get famous off of DJing or that's even the goal. Um, but just to try anything new, any new experience out, um, I'm in that space right now. So. I want to get all of the stuff that I said I want to buy. I want to go to the restaurants that I always said I wanted to go to, go on the vacations, all that. So DJing is part of that. I do have like a little persona that I'm putting around it. So as I'm buying all my equipment, it has a particular theme. So, yeah, that's that's where we at with it. That's fire. But like you said, uh, let's jump into the speed dating extravaganza. Um, So overall, how did you enjoy your experience? Overall, overall. It was a five, even with that, because five out of what? Five out of five. Five out of five. Yeah, it was a five out of five. Yeah, oh, that, I, I can't let that, that. That was just you know something that I'm just mentioning. Like, damn, like I don't think that's how you should. But overall, it was five. The majority of the women, in terms of not just looks, but their uh, their their their, uh, their respective fields. That I mean, one of the women was a fucking doctor. Nah, so the women were very. The women impressive. was fire, bro. The I was like, damn, impressive. this is one of the best speed dating events I ever been on. And I can't even say, I mean, I feel like to some, my job was interesting to others, but the majority of the women that I spoke to, like they were, it, they, it was inspiring to know and some of them are so damn young and they still growing. So I was like, damn, this was up. Not nah, up. The women were super impressive. Um, I guess I'll talk about my experience before I answer that question too. So yeah, I got there a little bit after you, right? Yeah, yeah. So the event started at 7.30. I probably got there around 7.40, 7.45. They wanted to start around eight, which is what I figured they would do. Um, and for me, I like to speed date, but have somebody with me. So me and you being there, I think, helped enhance the experience. Like, I don't know how I would feel going, going to dolo, a speed right. dating event dolo. It feels yeah. weird. It, 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 talking about it now, it sounds weird. Like, yeah. what are you, why are you really here by yourself? Yeah, and, and there were a couple of young women that uh, mentioned that they had came by themselves. Which was like, wow. Which I, I commend them for, because that, that ain't it for me. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all that right now. Um, but I did see, I saw you had a particular tactic that you used in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. When you got there before me, uh-huh. and you was chopping it up with people. Uh-huh. Um, I, now, tell I, me a little bit about why... You felt like that was going to either be helpful or why you decided to do that in, in the first place. So I'm going to just be honest. The particular woman that you and I are, are talking and thinking about, 
when I saw her, I saw her when I was parking the car. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, she. So immediately I knew either she's going to an event around here, but I was praying that she was going to the event that I was going okay, to. So you, so you shot in the dark. Right. And then when she came inside, I was like, perfect. Now, originally I wasn't going to do what I did, but I was like, I know this is like cheating. Like I'm talking to the prospect. I'm talking to the a potential dater that I would be sitting across from when the event starts before the event starts. But I'm like, then again, I mean, who, who never went to their teacher a few days before the test and was like, you know what, can I get some extra time in? Cause I don't really understand the problem. Mm. So I, I took it upon myself to be that student. And when I spoke to her, she was fire. I was like, damn, she was more fire than I thought she was going to be. And then when we actually got to the actual speed date, it kind of was like, easier to even talk to her more because we found different things to talk about and we found and, and I found that she was way more um I guess comfortable with talking to me after we had spoken because initially I'm just a stranger offered to right. buy her a drink which I did I didn't even drink which I was proud of myself I'm not drinking at this moment in life and it it, it was great and even though I'm I'm feeling like now that She's ghosted me. It was a great speed day. <laughs> this is, also you just had to throw out. that in there? Just had to put that out there, okay. too. Uh, okay. ho- hopefully she listens to it and feels bad. Well, a lot of the women not. that we did meet did promise to listen to an episode. And, and some of them damn sure did. Um, <laughs> some of them have, definitely. <laughs> yes, they have. Um, some of them said that they worked for certain corporations. Hello. We're we just trying to build the bridges. They, they said that if they liked what they, they heard, they'd do something about it. I don't really know. If that's really the case, you know, it, it, it don't matter. people like to, you know, people like to, people like to up the ante yeah, and don't, yeah, 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 and don't yeah, yeah, actually yeah. up the ante. But, um, you know, so my experience, I think speed dating is cool because there's not an expect, even though you're going in there with an expectation of this can be romantic. I think the best way to approach speed dating is this shouldn't be pressure to actually build a romantic interest with the person sitting across for you from those four to five minutes. I think that's where people get too nervous and then they, they start to maybe ask questions outside of themselves or they, they freeze up or whatever the case is. For me, it was like as soon as they said, yo, speed dating is about to start. Oh, and they did one thing that was really, really good that I think set the tone really well. Um, and that was, they did an icebreaker. Yeah, that was fire. That incorporated everybody. It was too long, but it was fire. It was too long. It was too long. Um, but it was fire. It definitely was. Um, and so in doing that, that definitely got a lot of people to relax. Um, but the other aspect of it, I think it, 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 it's really important to just go in there and not assume that everybody, like you have to leave a crazy impression on everybody. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. And I feel like. That's why, me personally, I knew going into I'm not looking for love. I did know that I was going to have some very interesting conversation. I did not know I was going to have a conversation about sex on the first date, though. There was one person, oh. I, all we was talking about was um, not, not not even sex like us having sex, like like what sex is to us. We must build before the back shots. We and, must handle we was doing the that. business oh. before the back she might be coming to a future event near you. Sign Gray Half. Okay. But anyways, we, and, and that was the last person that I speed dated with. And it's so funny. That was the last person that I had to speed date with. 
And that is the most consistent person that I've been speaking to since the speed date. Everybody else, I feel like, is either I reach out to them and then they reach out two days later or they just don't reach out at all. Or they, I feel like now that I either got their contact, this is who they really are. The speed date was just a speed date. Who they really are now is telling. Well, that is definitely a thing. I think people do show up as a representative. And that's not to say it in a negative way that, you know, social, yeah. social media has turned it into be but yeah, i know you work at the phone company i know <laughs> some people definitely i think present their best self because that's what you're supposed to do on a date or that's what people think they're supposed to do i always say as i've gotten older it's not really it of course you want to present your best self but you also want to present your best self not who you think that person is going to resonate with or who you think you should be in order for this date to go well your best self who you actually are so that you can make the proper assessment and that that person can make the proper assessment of if this is going to work or not. You know, it's not, I think a lot of times and Lauren, Lauren London brought this up. We'll have the conversation. Oh, that shit was wild. But I think a lot of times people put their ego in, um, dating in terms of like, yo, I have to be, this person has to fall in love with me. And it's less about that. And it's more about finding someone you actually want to spend a significant amount of your life or time with like, that's really the goal. Um, so we have the goal kind of mixed up every now and then, but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, my experience, I got up there, there was, uh, there was a long table and then there was the small tables. Um, those were the two kind of sections. Those tables of was it. interesting though. Cause those tables, you actually, it was, it was just you and that person. Yeah. And you, you weren't really hearing those side conversations, which by the way, there was a, a beautiful young lady that was, that was your first date. Uh, she will also remain nameless. And she had said something to us that I was like, interesting. She was like, it was hard to kind of talk to the next person because where they were seated, you could kind of hear what they were saying yeah. anyway. So I was like, that's a great point because normally when there's speed dating events, the tables are sectioned off. You're not sitting in like one long, I said, but no, you're going to other tables and you're not really hearing anybody's kind of, you, you know, people are talking around you. You could barely hear what the fuck they're saying. Well, the other talking. one that we went to was a long table too. Yes, yes, correct. But you, you know what's crazy? I wasn't thinking like that because when I was talking to who I was talking to, bro, I don't even know what the other girl was saying to the other guy. I don't know. I mean, for me, it's easy. To, person. It's easy to tune people out. So, oh, very easy. If I'm talking bullshit to girl, yeah. Good. So, like for me, I didn't really, I didn't really pay attention to what other, but I could understand what uh, she yeah, was I saying. Yeah, I could understand what she was saying. You know, like too, in yeah. terms of definitely that could be a little distracting, and then. By the time that person gets to you, what are you really gonna say? You kind of know what their answers are, especially if they're sticking to a script. And I guess that would be the next piece. Um, for me, I that so they gave us a card that I, had questions I on didn't it. Shit on that. But I also had um, my own set of questions. Hello. But also, you wanna. I think the best way to deal with it is to lean into the authenticity of the conversation. The unknown. Just start asking questions. Don't or let the conversation lead you to the next question. That too. I did. I liked one of the questions on the car, so I did lead with it, and that was the um, which NYC train MTA line do you think is the worst? That is a great ass. And question. I actually love that question That's because it, question. it could be funny, it could be serious, like it could lead to a lot of different things. Yeah. So I did use that one maybe like three or four times. And all y'all doing is talking about the subway system at that because we all can relate. If you live in the city, go relate yeah, to that. Even That's if a fact. You just moved here, you know how fast these fact. trains are. Now, what I would like for us to do, we should probably do speed dating in in uh, D.C. I think that I, would be crazy. I, I, I keep hearing that D.C. got it. D.C. definitely That's got it I right hear. now. I hear D.C. got it. 
But even though DC got it, does DC actually have the 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 um the capacity to allow me to lean in and be like, would I date a girl now from DC? Like, how would that work? If you actually like this girl, and it's like, and she actually like you, it's like, damn. So what y'all really doing? It's only three hours away. This nigga said only three hours away. Like that's not three hours away, bro. <laughs> come on, bro. bro. So wait. So on the speed dating, because I think this is a question a lot of people are probably interested in. Yeah. What allows you to feel like you made a connection within that three to four to five minutes that you sat with somebody? That's a good question. I'm going to let Come you answer on, that man. first. I'm Come a, on, man. You know, I'm the, you know who I am. Um, I'm going to get in my thoughts and get back to you. I think for me, it had a lot to do with feeling comfortable with the conversation. There were a couple of times where I was sitting with somebody and it felt like I was... Like, I had to lead the conversation. Let, let's get this out there. A lot of times, the men are leading the conversation. That's a fact. That, like, I mean, I'm not, I can't speak for everybody, because i definitely seen some instances where the, the women definitely said a lot of the men were mute and not, so. She wasn't talking about uh, um, the us. boys? Yeah, no, 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 no. She wasn't no, talking about the boys. Definitely wasn't talking about the boys. Um, so let me <laughs> rephrase that. A lot of times, I was leading the conversation. Oh, shit. Um, Damn. And in doing so, like, it feels a little less organic and it feels like there isn't a connection being made when I have to think for two to three seconds of, Oh shit. If I don't say something, this conversation is going to die right here and it's going to be mad awkward. So now I got to like quickly think up something or I have to make a joke or after insert um, something here. So when it didn't feel a hundred percent comfortable, that's when not granted, this is the first time somebody meeting you. So it won't necessarily click a hundred percent, but when it felt a little bit like I had to fish, to continue it, that's when I was like, nah, this connection is not being made. But when it felt comfortable, laughs, we're talking, we're communicating, right. the conversation is going. That doesn't necessarily mean that this is a you know love at first sight situation. Right. But for me, I feel like a connection was being made in those instances. I think one of the things, like, there was somebody that we were talking about books. And we, we, we realized that we just had an interest in... Um, books and I'm not I'm not the best with authors, but in terms of books and stories, yeah, I, I'm I'm very good with that. I'm very good with like history, like I'm very good with shit like that. So there, there was a few people that we were we were having conversations. Like there there was one person in particular. Um, she wasn't my top three, um, although I definitely did not get her number because I got caught up with the girl at the end. Me and her was wilding out. Um, she had me fucked up. But, uh, well, if we had matches, they supposed to send it out. They they better send out those matches, or I'm gonna be one lighting a fucking flame. D- don't play with me with man in real life. Oh, don't you ever play with distinguishing accent? Like, His dad has some bow ties. Um, one of them, her birthday is three days after mine. Um, one of them was challenging me because we our whole date was about Roe versus Wade, and I couldn't believe that was what our whole date was about, and we were really going back and forth. And I was That's like, wild. Yo, bro, and she and she she said, and I quote. Is that how you want to play this? Because we could play this game. I said, this is not a game, baby. This is where I stand. She's like, well, this is where I stand. She's like, I want to know why you stand where you stand. And we was, it was a good conversation. You know what I'm talking about. Shout out to the people that work for Spotify. But yeah, we had a great conversation. And, um. Oh, yeah, she did mention that. Yeah. I thought every date was just interesting because we didn't, I felt like I didn't talk about things that you typically talk about on a first date. Now, there were some women there that I was like, damn. You would make an amazing girl. You're not for me. Like, I just knew that instantly. Yeah. And then there were some girls that I was like, damn, you a lot. I don't know if I could deal with you. And then there were some girls that I was like, I would like to take you out 
and pursue possibly a second date. But it, it it just gets me tight when you actually tell them that via tight and then you get left on scene or like a few days later, oh, you, you get hit with the I'm busy. You wasn't busy when we was at the date, but maybe that's that was your representative. But I also think that and oftentimes the conversation needs to return back to this. Sometimes the moment is just the moment. Right. And right. sometimes people show sometimes the speed dating is just an event. That's the girls all like, hey. And, you know, a bunch of girls sitting, hey, you know what we should do on a calm Monday night? Let's go out and speed date. And there was no intentions of anything else beyond that. So trying to go on a second date or trying to do anything else outside of that particular moment is just not what it is. One of the questions on, they do a questionnaire beforehand. One of the questions was, are you here just to meet new people? Right. Are you here for something casual or right. are you here for dating? Um, I put meet new people. I put meet new people. And a couple of the girls said, you know, dating, just straight up. Like, oh, shit. And it was like, I had a conversation with one about that. And she was like, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, I can't make good friendships here or whatever. That, that's true, too. But I want to be intentional with my purpose. So to be intentional, I felt like I had to put dating, um, even though that may not be the end all be all that happens from this scenario i do know that when it's all said and done there will be some meaningful friendships possibly i would like to think that comes out of this more importantly for me i'm hoping some business connections come out of this if i'm being honest because some of the women the, the the type of field that they're in i'm just like you know what this actually might work better because in the past on speed dating events i've just learned like yo like instead of like thinking about her like in like a partner girlfriend boyfriend way yo maybe you need to think you know, maybe this person could actually help me like on a business and like maybe like and i learned that from a another speed dating of a shout out to dizzy brown he had one and one of those girls i end up just doing stuff for her on a business end and i helped her get money and she helped also me help my brand in a way because i was like not the face of her brand but i was doing commercials with her at some point and we built a good friendship now we're coming up on two years of being good friends yeah and i think that nothing sexual i think that's the i think that's how you're supposed to go into it is like maybe with more of a networking mentality than a the pressure of it being like i have to find the one like i said earlier um just getting to know people like and i think that's the important piece and as you get to know people it will be revealed to you if that individual is actually someone that you're gonna have even more romantic feelings for um, because yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, okay. Are you physically attracted to this individual? And then did you have a good five minute conversation? But five minutes isn't enough for anything. So exactly. And that's I, why dates an actual date is important. Cause there's really no time frame on that. We were constricted and confined to a time frame that we agreed prior to the date starting. I mean, I feel like some of us went, I know I went over like one or two of my shit because I was into that conversation. Oh, yeah. Not even necessarily into the person and, that, and that's not to be rude or anything, but... No, but that's the reality. Yeah, I was I was way, I was hooked and like, wait, I'm not done yet. And then she ringing up. I'm like, no, I got two more minutes out of it. Like, I need two more minutes. We talking about pineapples. <laughs> talking about safe word right now. Come on. Nah, but that's true. I think that's the next piece, right? A lot of times, because I'm a conversationalist, I could be connected to the conversation. Right. I'm all up in that. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm connected to the individual. Because I don't know yet. I don't know you. Yeah. But that does bring me to, um, I guess, the final question before we move on. And that that is, how did you navigate the different um, personalities? Because there were definitely a lot of different 
types of individuals. There was definitely a lot of interesting people there. Um, one of the girls, I think she was the doctor. Forgot, I know her name. I was like, anybody ever told you, you look like uh, Macy Gray? And then we just started singing a Macy Gray song. And I'm, I'm like, done. I, I just love how retarded I am. Well, sometimes it's just funny. The way that I navigated was once I felt like from the handshake and then from when the young lady would say, hey, my name is, I would know right then and there, you got to be funny distinguished. You got to be serious distinguished. You got to be like, you know what I mean? Like. Muhammad Ali, like, dance a little bit and then, like, throw a jab out and see because mm. I know I learned everybody I could not joke with. I learned instantly, like, I, this person doesn't see. And then some some women, like, one of the girls, I think every I think every man that was on that day with her know. There was one girl that was, I think, tapping the table. She was nervous. I was like, damn, oh, why are you I so fucking nervous, her. man? Like, yeah, I think at that point we had to skip. You you skipped yeah, that. Yeah, she was trying to find the one. That's why. I was like, this, she was nervous. And I told her, I said, are you okay? She was like, I'm just, I was like, I was like, baby, what is you doing? Calm down. I was like, you nervous about me? Like, <laughs> shit, little old like, me? I said, girl, calm down. And she was really nervous. <laughs> no, you're doing too much. Yo. Yo, R.I.P. the GOAT. This is why he will never, he'll never die. No, he's not dead. He's he's experiencing a different way of living right now. Man, shout out to Kevin Samuels. Yeah, it, I just learned, like, yo, you can't joke with everybody. And then there were some girls. There was one girl in particular that you had a date with. And I was jealous. Because I was like, she was giving me Solange. And she was giving me, like, some Erica Badu. And I, I didn't get a chance to talk to her. Oh, she was amazing, too. Yeah, yeah. I stopped. Stop! <laughs> just, she was. Stop! You know what I mean? I didn't get. I didn't get my turn. And her lips were beautiful. Yo, that's, that's bro. The, yo, throw it out there. Yo, he's I mean? a beautiful girl. Beautiful girl, inside and out. I, I hate <laughs> this nigga right now. I, I hate you, bro. Uh, I, I I'm kind of um no 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 no. I'm kind of I'm kind of uh I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of. We moving on to the next topic. Fuck you. Oh man, I don't got. I'm a single individual. Oh, here we go. I'm a single individual right now. Stop, stop. That should have all been in the stop. Um, all right. Well, that is our recap. We did promise we do a recap, right? So gonna have to cut these clips, put them out there. But right. shout out to we met in real life. Though I love what y'all doing, ladies. Keep going, and uh, we'll see you in DC if you ever do one. Uh, and we and I I did reach out to them. They did say that they would be um interested in us um helping and or being a part of future events so we'll see what that looks like um i don't think it's the new one that they just put out but y'all go that's way too soon especially to the fellas and go 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 find your love yeah go ahead and buy some tickets i think it's july 31st yeah it is july 31st however that weekend i'll be uh i'll be preoccupied uh this guy uh, is doing a bedtime stories part five so uh july 31st uh-huh. make Eat sure it. y'all go get some tickets support it some amazing women that are putting it on and some amazing women that'll be there for sure yeah, for sure um another clip though that was going around orlando brown i don't i, I don't thought he was okay i thought he was back he was saved he, got, just he got was saved. saved he was sober um fuck but now he's claiming that Bow Wow got some good pussy. This is the clip of the year. We got to start doing recaps on clips of the year. Clips of the year. And not just music. This is definitely up there. This is the clip. There's <laughs> nothing that's beating us right now. Definitely up there. Oh um, 
Now, as much as I do find this funny, <laughs> this you, shit is also. Hey, we getting special requests now? Hey, that's what we we doing. We doing special requests of the foolishness. Um, let's let's see if we could. <laughs> ain't no let's see. It's everywhere. Hey, hey, hey. You know it's there. Let's see yo, if we can oblige. Yo, as much as Instagram and Facebook want to ban shit, y'all y'all didn't ban this. But Bow Wow got some bomb ass pussy. Y'all didn't ban that. You banned everything else. You didn't ban this shit. I feel like our group chat got banned. Fuck. <laughs> we gotta figure that out. Yo, y'all said y'all was gonna ban Boosie, which I think y'all did, but you bought him back. Y'all don't really ban. Y'all didn't ban this. Oh, nah, Boosie's definitely banned. Um, y'all didn't ban this. Yeah, I mean, as much as it is funny, this is super sad because <laughs> clearly that means that this man has relapsed. He's he's relapsed. He's Back on whatever he was off of. My, my question is, Orlando, how do you know Bow Wow got bomb ass pussy? How do you know that? But this is the thing, though. We know that when he's on drugs, he, he say anything. He apparently just be saying shit. Yeah, he do. He did that with Raven. Yo, he he did that with a couple other people. I saw another video um over the weekend. I guess because. Obviously, when things start to trend, other shit pops up. And Vlad, you got to stop interviewing these. You know these niggas is not is not well. That wasn't oh, Vlad. That, that wasn't even Vlad. But Vlad did it. Vlad got to stop interviewing Boosie. Um, <laughs> but when there was another video that popped up, and it was him at, I guess, his homeboy's house, and his homeboy was just beating his ass, talking about, yo, get the fuck out my house. And he was just looked like he was out of it. So I'm like, as much as we want to laugh and joke and think yeah. that this is, you know, another viral moment, I, I do see the other side of it where it's kind of like he needs help. And I don't know. I don't think that's funny, bro. He <laughs> he needs help. And I don't know who's in his family. I don't I don't know. His wife. A beyond, I, who knows if she's even, I guess, supporting him still. I don't know. After that clip, no. I'm saying she must have let him go a while ago. Bro, it's, bro, it's clear as day that she ain't got bomb ass <laughs> Nah, you want to just keep joking about it. I don't find it funny. But, um, you know, hopefully that man, that man finds some solace because he, the next, the next video we're going to see or the next story we're going to see is him dead. And I wonder if we're going to be laughing then. Jesus Christ. Um, wait, what the fuck is this? Oh, why he might stop talking to you. you I think you sent this shit. You don't even know what the fuck no, I'm talking about. I don't about. even know what you're talking about, bro. I'm still stuck. I, and all, all jokes aside, I pray everybody that's dealing with the mental illness gets help. Um, but to be not, to be honest, these people that what are- What the in, fuck was that? I have no idea. You heard that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't have bomb-ass pussy, so don't come for me. I don't have a pussy. Okay. Uh, continue. <laughs> what I'm saying is- the people that are also interviewing these people that no need to help, y'all got to stop doing these things. Yeah, because you guys are a part of the problem, honestly speaking. That's a fact. You guys are part of the problem. Because at first, when the guy, I think he genuinely asked, yo, you got a problem with Bow Wow? He was being serious. But when he said what he said, he ain't know where to go from there. I was like, you know, he done, he got, he got him stuck. And the producer said, you know what? Let's edit it. Let's clean it up. And let's put it out. Producer should have been like, you know what? This might, this might not go well. You know what? I mean, I think that's a great point because might not go well. If it was live, that's different. If it was like stream, it wasn't live. Yeah, no, nah, that was definitely it was edited, produced. I think um, 
I think apparently there was a public beef between him and Bow Wow, or maybe he said something in the past. I think there was beef with them, and maybe he said that to be OD funny because, right? Maybe he, maybe I don't know. Maybe he maybe he's did, calling him a bitch. Maybe he's calling him a bitch, and like deep down inside. Deep down inside, Bow Wow probably felt like, you know what? Let me just let a few days go by. Because people were saying, Bow Wow, you need to respond to this ASAP. He don't. Meanwhile, Bow Wow, like, I'm shooting a movie, which I feel like he was. Bow Wow don't need to respond to that. Bow Wow don't need to respond it, to it, that. It, I agree. It, it, it don't make no sense. It shit just, that's the clip. It don't make no sense. Which brings me to this shit here. Hey, when you in, in something with somebody, you got to look at ability. Feedback and constructive criticism, right? Mm-hmm. So think about like if there's something that you don't like about somebody and it doesn't bother well with you and you address it, right? The question is, are they receiving or are they deflecting? Alright? So do they receive what you're saying because they care enough about you to hear you, or is the automatic response all the time to deflect and to dismiss? Oh yeah, I remember this. Right? So they were talking about why a man may stop, I guess, responding to and talking to a woman. And their conclusion was essentially that if you're dealing with somebody and every time, I guess, maybe conversation of conflict comes up, you deflect and you don't take accountability and or you don't take that person's uh, thoughts and whatever into consideration. And... um you're not listening then that's probably the reason we spoke about it before because you spoke about it before you said at one point you just learned yo this person just wants to keep disrespecting me i addressed what i told them i didn't like i addressed and i told them that i didn't like how they were speaking to me and they still spoke to me in that manner so basically at this point you just don't respect me i think women deep down inside feel like they can get away with saying and i said this actually i forgot i said this on one of my speed dates i said sometimes you women get into this, you know, phase in your life or in your head or in the moment where you feel like you could say anything to a guy and he's supposed to take it. Meanwhile, if he says it, he's a scum of the earth. The number one shit I hate is when you talk back or when you defend yourself and then the black woman tells you, you hate black women. Really? Because I don't agree with how you're talking to me. And now I hate black women. So I hate all black women. That means I also hate you. That means I hate my mama, my sister, my niece, my, my little cousin, my third grade teacher. I hate I hate everybody. You don't like when we talk back about what we don't like that you're doing. It's only when you feel like it's deemed necessary. It's okay. It's appropriate. But I feel like deep down inside, it doesn't matter when a man speaks up for how he feels about how a black woman is talking to him. There's never not an appropriate time. Every time is inappropriate because it's like man up. You bitching to me. Mm, I think that... Um, I think that sometimes there are people that are not in the space to respect somebody's wishes, whether they doing they're doing it intentionally or not is always debatable. I don't know what everybody's intention is, but I do think that that is a main reason for me when I'll stop like taking somebody seriously and I'll stop communicating with a young lady I'm pursuing or dating because I, I presume that's what the conversation was about, was right. about dating um, more so than anything else. But for sure, if I feel like if we butt heads on something or we can't agree on something um, and it's always a deflection and or, like you said, a belittlement of my feelings, 
making me feel like, oh, you know, you're you're bitching to me or man up or uh, in in the instance that you kind of brought up, oh, well, your opinion must mean that you hate this, that, and the third. And That's it's crazy. like, please don't speak for me. Like, I'll tell you if I don't like some shit. Um, but I think that social media vernacular has taken over and then it's a quick way to end. Like, there are certain things that have been deemed to be quick ways to end arguments. Making somebody seem sexist, homophobic, or racist are the top three ways to... That homophobic shit is getting out of hand, though. That's, that's going to another level. What do you mean? Like, in terms of... I've already said this. Everything, quote-unquote, is not gay. Like, people would throw in, oh, like, oh, you like that? Well, that's gay. And then if somebody gets offended, now, it's crazy now. If you don't like it, and then, no, if you like it, and then somebody says, you like that? That's gay. My problem with that is everything is not gay. But on the flip side of that, if you say that you don't, you know, like this person because maybe for whatever reason, and maybe you're not even being disrespectful. You just say, yo, I don't like this person. Now, because you don't like this person or that's somebody that you would not date, now you're gay. Or, no, now you're um, homophobic. Now you have something against the LGBTQ community. It's like, damn, I can't like that? So all of a sudden, I'm like this person now. And now I'm about to get canceled. Like the other day, I think somebody somebody said something, and because they said it, the person's lost like 200,000 followers. I was like, god damn. Power social media is crazy. You can't say shit. Without offending anybody anymore. Oh well, you you must be talking about Doja Cat, but yeah. that was a that wasn't um, anything to do with uh, sexuality. That had to do. We're gonna get to that story, but um, I can see what you're saying. I can see there's definitely e- extremes going on now, where it's like, yeah, you either have to go with whatever the quote unquote popular stance is, even if the quote unquote popular stance doesn't necessarily logically always sit on a particular track but even within that i think there's good intention which that's not really what's up for debate i think what we need to be careful about is this idea that we can't entertain an opinion um if it just seems counter to what we're thinking or saying like for instance, like even with what you just said, when you yeah. said somebody might listen to that and be like, oh, my God, look, at this. he's homophobic. Yeah. And it was like, well, me giving the opportunity and being like, well, what do you mean by that? That's right. what's missing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. someone might just stuck on you saying homophobic shit and think that that is negative. And then when it's like, well, explain what you're saying. Now it's a better context. And now it makes a little bit more sense as to what you were expressing. Like, we're missing that in the conversation. If yeah. someone says something that is just deemed to be whatever, in your opinion, then the conversation can't expand. And then that person is pigeonholed as sexist, racist, or homophobic. And it's just like, we got to kind of navigate out of that. Um, and I think we are. Cancel culture is kind of dying. Cancel culture is definitely dying. And just to give a better example so that we understand the context and what the fuck I'm really saying. There are times, not all the time, there are times where I like to get my feet done. Not just get my feet done, get my feet done painted different colors. And people, I think, are trying to suppress what they really want to say, which is, you like that? That's gay. And I'm talking about women who identify as heterosexual women would tell me this, who I identify as a heterosexual man, 
they'll tell me that that's gay. And I'm just like, that's crazy to me. Everything is not gay. Mm. <laughs> Everything is not gay. But And then I like to play devil's advocate because now what I'm starting to see, we've already been seeing it before. The Uzis, the Yachty's, the Malone's. These rappers who, from what I see, because I don't know, from what I've seen, looks like they're into women exclusively. However, they get their nails and feet done. Different all day. And I'm told colors beyond the shit that I would put on my feet or the shit that I'm comfortable with putting on. And I see them do it. I don't hear anybody saying that they're gay. I don't hear anybody saying anything. I, I feel like it's... It, it, it's a level of their superstar status and the money that they have that would make somebody turn the other cheek versus me. I'm just a regular degging nigga out here who just like, who just so happens to like this. And because I like it, I gotta be hot in the closet. I gotta be gay. But I think it's the women that have a problem with it. They're the ones that's actually suffering from their own homophobia. Good point. Um, I think that's a good point in terms of the layers and elements that may change an opinion on somebody's um, actions. Because I'm sure they're superstardom, their their um, status as artists, all of those things I'm sure play a factor in it being accepted versus not. Um, but yeah, I think there's a deeper conversation between you and those individuals, as we spoke about before. Um, in terms of, you know, where some of that may be coming from. But I do feel like you kind of are alluding to another point where it's like there are grace or there is rather grace extended um, to different groups when talking about particular things. Because, you know, if you were to go and call somebody uh, outside of their sexuality, based off of an action that they did, you're definitely getting labeled homophobic. Yeah. But as men, sometimes we are often faced with that reality of homophobia from people that we're interested in or talking to. And we kind of have to just eat the bullet yeah. and just, it could be offensive. It could not be offensive. Regardless, we have to kind of just navigate through it. Like, ah, eh, it is what it is. She might've thought this because of that. And I just gotta like, keep it pushing. As opposed to, again, the opposite, you getting labeled and you might be put on the news. But, yeah, that's where we are. I mean, that's where society that's is. That's the reality. So what you were alluding to was Doja Cat. Uh, Doja Cat was in Noah from Stranger Things inbox asking him about one of his co-stars. And essentially, he went, took the conversation and leaked it to... The public leaked is kind of like a funny word here. Um, screenshot. Yeah, he took a screenshot. That's what he did. And he posted it. But, I mean, it is technically a leak because I would presume that most people, the culture that most of us subscribe to is if I DM you, that's a private conversation. Right. It's called direct messenger for a reason. I'm direct. I'm directly messaging you. It's right. Not a group. Right. I'm not. I'm not anticipating or expecting this to be. Shown to the public. Now, it leads to a lot of questions, in my opinion. Why did he feel like it was appropriate to 
or or necessary to leak that to the public. Why is she messaging him? I don't know how old he is, um, but he does look like he's on the younger side of things. So what was the purpose of her DMing him um, specifically as opposed to anybody else? I guess maybe they might have met somewhere. So maybe that could be the reason. But I'm about to look up his age right now. I think deep down inside, regardless of where and how this story is going to go, that's becoming a bit lame. Um, mm. Yeah, just if the person is talking to you directly. He's 17. Oh, fuck. Damn. That's actually. It's actually not good. <laughs> it's actually not good. Uh, a little weird. Yeah. I think uh, still a conversation could have been had. Like, you do know how old this individual is, right? Maybe it would have stopped right there. Because if, if you got to ask a question like that, she probably really don't know. She probably just liked what she liked. No, nah, she wasn't trying to hit on him or anything. He has a co-star. Right. Who is of age. Okay. Um, and she went to him to ask about that co-star. Oh, and you said this individual that she inboxed was seventeen. He's seventeen. Yeah, he's, I don't. I don't know. If she knows or knew. He's a teenager. I, he he was doing what teenagers do. I think in her mind. I think she had went on live to address it like not too long ago, and she was saying how. Um, I think she thought he was twenty. He right. was like he couldn't be older than twenty-one. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. My question is just what. What led her to go to him? Of all the people, was it just that that was the only person she had access to? Which makes it a little bit more like, I guess, like maybe they met at a red carpet MTV award. They probably did. They're something both, like that. Both in the limelight. Yeah, did. maybe he was like, yo, I really love your music. And she's like, yo, I love Stranger Things. They exchange um, things. And then in her mind, she was like, damn, this co-star, super hot. Um, and I have a connection through so-and-so. So maybe... You know, this is the conduit. So, I mean, it, it just feels a little weird knowing that. I don't know if I would. I mean, I don't I, I guess I'd have to think of a scenario, but I don't know if I would go to a random like a 17 year old that I don't know and be like, yo, you know, your friend over there. Like, what's up? Just, just feels a little weird to me. <laughs> I don't know. if I'm doing that. It's really a, um, it's really a strange thing. It's a stranger thing. Um, but on the other side of it, it is super lame. Yes, he is doing what teenagers do. Probably in his mind, he was like, yo, look, Doja Cat is talking to me. Right, of one of the people. biggest, you know what I mean? Yeah, one of the biggest stars right now that we have. Yeah, so I guess in his mind. She's always under fire, too, for all type of random shit, too. God well, damn, Doja, fuck. I'm about, to, I'm about to say a true thing, and this is about to go left. As long as Doja Cat has been in the limelight, and I do love Doja Cat's music. Um, I don't necessarily, I haven't seen enough of her personality in a positive light to say that I like Doja Cat, but I think she's cool. I think she's a growing young woman. Yeah, but the music is evolving every fucking year. It's evolving and it's good. But for a woman who is claiming to be so immersed in black culture, for a woman who had the controversy, and you can date whoever the fuck you want to date. Don't get this twisted. That's where we at. But um, who has been immersed in like white supremacist situations where she was in that group chat where they were talking about hating black women. And then she was talking about her own hair texture in a certain type of light and instance. She sure does date a lot of white, <laughs> white men. Yeah. 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 Now, 
Again, you could date whoever the fuck you want to date. I ain't, I ain't, I don't got a word to say there. Um, Childish Gambino is dating a white woman, or is married to a white woman, rather. Right. Um, but I do feel like there might be a conversation <laughs> there about, dare I say, appropriation of hip-hop culture, or using hip-hop culture to stay hot and relevant, um, using black culture to stay hot and relevant, but... Not to say again that she can't date whoever she wants to, but does your dating pattern in in some instances express that you're using black culture or hip hop culture, and not her specifically, but in general, does it express the usage of black culture and hip hop culture as a means of monetizing, but not really associating with it when you have a particular pattern, right? Like if you date black, white, Hispanic, whatever, you just date what, what comes to your door, that's different. But if you have a pattern of particularly trying to date in outside of your race, but you're monetizing and eating off of black culture, is there a conversation there? Yeah. Because I got to hold you to a certain uh, regard. I got I to gotta hold you to a certain degree, especially when something happens. Who really supports your shit? And who are you really around the most? Who are you really talking to in your music? Mm. I, don't, I, don't th- I don't think you're really talking to white people. It might sound like you are. Somebody said, you know, yo, you say, and this is where the the, the um, question came from. There was a TikTok that popped up in the TikTok. The TikToker was basically saying, yo, you say nigga in your song every chance you get, but you date nothing but white men. Who are these niggas that you're talking about? Because they're damn sure not those. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like, damn, that person has a point. Like, I do hear a nigga in every damn song, but you ain't dating no niggas. <laughs> so, at least publicly, you haven't presented dating, uh, quote unquote, niggas or hip hop culture or whatever. And again, I don't want people to get it twisted. This is not a, like, this is not us saying she has to date black people in order for her to be part of the culture. She is a black woman, half and half, right? Right. She is a J. Kohler. She could do what she want. Yeah, everybody could do what the hell they want. But I do think that the conversation, given some of her past, given some of the unfortunate things that she's been caught up in, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Interesting uh, conversation. Good luck to that woman. Yeah. I hope that... I hope that Doja continues to do well. I hope that she continues to grow as an individual. Um, and, and stay out of little boys in box. Yeah. Yeah. Even. Yeah. It may not be the best decision. You know what I mean? Yo. I, I know that the, it wasn't that. And I'm not definitely not trying to allude to that. But probably not the, the smartest of ideas. Go through, go, go through the actual person you want to talk to next time. You big enough to do it. Fuck. You big enough to do it. So T Pain has been active this oh, week. Oh shit! Teddy Pendergrass been wilding. And the first thing, or one of the things that <clears throat> that's really been getting him into—I don't know if it's considered hot water or not—but people have had a conversation about is um, he said that Chris Brown is suffering from princess syndrome. A <laughs> uh, 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 part of me is fifty-fifty. I'm fifty-fifty on it. Too. I I said on this podcast. 
Chris Brown is bitching about his his album is fire. He's the way he was bitching about it, as if niggas don't support Chris Brown. I I do think there was enough time because he he talked about this album in the spring, so I think it was enough time for people to get ready for it. Um, do I think if he was the best single to, to kind of start to promote the album? I don't know. I like Iffy. Um, I was actually surprised Iffy was on the the project. Um, some people said they're still. They still haven't even gone through the the forty five project, which was heartbreaking a full moon. Even though some of y'all is capping because he did put out a project after that called um, Indigo. So I don't know. And Indigo had the biggest record on Indigo was the record with him and Drizzy. So I don't know what y'all are really talking about. Some of y'all capping to me. Um, however, I I do feel like um, he he might be in a weird space where maybe finally he should tell himself, Yo, I gave I basically gave niggas like five albums in the last three years. You basically did, bro. <laughs> gave niggas a lot of fucking music. You told us on this project you recorded something like 250 records. Nigga, that's a lot. Bro, if you don't use none of them records and condense them into smaller projects, maybe mixtapes, you're going to have the same results. I think that he has so much that he wants to do as a Taurus. You know, so we, we, we got a lot of shit that we want to do, we want to give y'all. And sometimes we need to take a backseat and give, and give it to y'all niggas in, in smaller increments. I don't think that's where he's at mentally. He's just like, I just want to give it all out. Maybe he feel like he going to die soon. I don't know. I'm not in his head. Some other shit could be going on. A few days before Chris Brown released the album, somebody did say on a Facebook post that knows him personally. They're not like a big person, but I follow them. It was like, Chris Brown's going through a lot of shit right now. Pray for him. And then a few days later, the album drops. I still don't know what we're praying for, but all signs point to mental health. Um, I think it's 50-50. I think some of this definitely sounds like hate. I think he could have used better words. T Pain could have used better words if he was really. He he's been a conversationalist. He has his own podcast. Um, he could have definitely expressed himself in a little bit of a better instance, as opposed to quote unquote a princess complex when right. referring to what Chris Brown is going to. And it's an interesting phrase. Too. I think that what he was alluding to is we all go through this shit because. That's what happened to T Pain, honestly. T Pain at one point shit. was the top of the top. Couldn't like you couldn't go on the radio without a T Pain record being on there. And it was going number one. And then the support just stopped. And so I guess he's looking at how he navigated it versus how Chris Brown is navigating it and saying, you know, I guess, you know, yo, you need to suck it up because it happens to the best of us. The reality is it's not like there's better artists. It could be the the reality is it's probably better music that's coming out. It's it's so much other people producing music at the same time. You can't expect everybody to 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 support your shit when you drop your shit. Well, I also think uh Chris if we having a real conversation about Chris Brown, Chris Brown's music typically it hasn't been since maybe his first two albums that Chris Brown would his music sound innovative. And what I mean by that is not only did it fit the time, but it also kind of progressed the sound of music. Uh, in early 2000s, we didn't have or we didn't know who the next quote unquote usher was going to be. And Chris Brown filled that void, but was also able to kind of stick with the Joel Santana's and make those type of songs and Little Wayne and so, like, he kind of was able to progress that R&B sound, but also keep it attached to his roots. Those first two projects were super fire. Um, but after that, Chris Brown, has his music has been 
more so just current. Whatever is happening now, Chris Brown typically drops a single or multiple singles that fit with what's happening currently, not necessarily pushing the sound forward. And so I don't think Chris, I think to to our community, I think to hip hop and I think to the black community, Chris Brown is undeniably like one of the top five artists right now. You got Drake, you got to talk about Chris, you got to talk about Rihanna. Like there's a particular- Still talking about Kendrick. There's, there's a particular group of names that will always, you have to mention them. But I think in the reality of musically, I don't know if Chris is still there. I don't know if Chris has produced on that level, even with those 40 song projects, 32 song projects, that was a streaming game. Like that was him trying to make sure that the streams looked like he was doing huge numbers on those albums. Heartbreak on a full moon was one of his best projects for me. Cause I could just run the list of records on there. I was like, Danny's. So I wish he would have made some of them fucking videos. Records is fire. It, it was cool. But I think once you start running into the realm of 40 songs on a project, that ain't it. Right. You, you, you're definitely not looking for the normal musical experience. And you can call it experimentation. But for me, I know what it is. Like, that was a streaming era trick. You're trying to make the streams look like you made $50 billion in one week. And that's people trying to go through the fucking album. <laughs> you know, like, that's people listening to 40 songs. Um, nonetheless, I think Chris Brown is talented enough but like you said i think he's doing a lot i think artistically he's he has so many different outlets of yeah. expressing himself yeah, he do mad shit like y'all niggas like yeah graffiti is one dancing obviously w- w- without dance i don't know if chris brown would actually be chris brown the, your voice is one thing but there's dancers i mean there's singers that don't dance and if they dance they probably that probably would take their caliber of artistry to the next level imagine big ass tank dancing shout out to tank Tank's album. No, I don't want to imagine. Right, that. exactly. Tank yeah. is a big ass nigga. You you don't want this big bro like that. But if you see a skinny nigga like a, a Chris Brown, if you see a slim build mid tier nigga like Usher, you're okay with that. Imagine these other niggas then. Imagine, imagine, forgot the nigga name, the, the big nigga that's on uh Drew Hill. Imagine that nigga dancing. <laughs> that nigga, he's too big. All you will see at the end of the day is is a big ass fat leg and a two piece nugget dancing. You don't want to see that. I don't right. even know what that means. You wanna, but you want to you want to hear his nice voice. That's what you want to hear. You want to hear a nigga doing all of this shit. You don't want to see a nigga doing two steps. And then if you a big brother and you want to dance, go ahead and dance. Just yeah. just if you, uh, I think he changed his name, but Groovy Gorilla. Yeah. If you that nigga, yeah, gotta hang yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. Hang it up. Stop. Um. Stop. <laughs> just. Stop. But yeah, I think I think I think he has so many different outlets that he's trying to cater to. That At the same time, it's a little bit hard for him to put his dedication into the albums and this album's not bad nah, I like um, it. but it just sounds like it, it sounds current it doesn't sound like it's the best version of chris my opinion right. i think the best version of chris an album that has the best version of him incorporates strong ballads i think it incorporates emotional um slow songs the last time we heard a ballad was on the first album yeah which yeah. was chris brown aka chris brown's world so I don't. I just feel like that, and I. I think the best version of Chris is fourteen tracks. I don't. Yeah, I don't which think it sounds like that was the first album. 
Yeah, I don't think it's 23. After Exclusive, it was over. Graffiti, I don't know. Graffiti Graffiti was his worst album. One of his worst albums. Graffiti and Fortune, I'd pay those records no mind. I I actually never Fortune was another bad one. I never listened to Fortune. X was cool. Um, X was okay. But my top, if I got to put them in top threes, my top, Chris Brown, the first album, Exclusive. Exclusive was it. And my favorite Chris Brown album of all time, Forgiven All My Enemies, Fame. Fame was, I mean, she ain't she. I was like, these records, no bullshit. Like, these records, I was like, okay, it's it's different. I think Fame was the best new Chris album. So, like, he was doing different. He was trying for another sound on Fame. Fortune and Graffiti were trash. With the after Rihanna situation. Yeah, he didn't bounce back from those good. But Fame, I think he actually bounced back. Fame was fine. Um, a little bit on that when I was when he started getting his footing back. Um, and then you got the more current albums and they're cool. Right. But they they aren't pushing anything forward. No. And so I still think Chris has one of those in him. I still think um his legacy is solidified. Oh, so, his legacy is solidified. Yeah. Um, but in terms of doing numbers, he he may be on a decline. Might be. And that that's okay. Cause I, the way I would look at that is an artist, yo, you made your money. So what if you don't make as much as you did? Nigga, you still making money. That That's how I'm going to always look at that. You still making, maybe you got to find different ways to make the money now. I think I think also um, there are multiple factors. There are things that the common consumer is not going to understand. Like, again, what album is this considered to the label? Is this a last album for the label? What type of deal do they have? If they have a 50-50 where it's like Chris is, it, he's getting all the royalties, but it's a 50 50 investment maybe the label is looking at it like eh, we ain't gonna invest that much you know like we're gonna do whatever because you're gonna recoup most of the money if you own the masters we don't really have the uh incentive to continue to pump it in like we did before because we were trying to double up yeah, now probably, we just like it's probably right. 50 50 because I, I what i look for now when albums come out i'll scroll all the way down and this album was actually this was released under chris brown's label yeah, because so, he he owns he owns his masters now. Right. So I mean, yeah, he's made enough where he could definitely do that. So he's he's made whatever label he was a part of when he first got signed. He made them niggas millions of dollars. And so when you're dealing with a label distributing that used to also be part of production, that is no longer really a part of that. Now they're gonna look at it like, all right, cool. We're not gonna put this. Yeah, <laughs> we gonna put this in it. Here's fifty thousand. We yeah. know we know we know the majority of that money is coming back to you anyway. So. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, there's just so many different factors as to why the numbers could have been low, but I think if Chris is invested in doing a culturally, uh, celebrated album, then he's going to have to, to, uh, invest himself in doing that because he hasn't. And that's just the reality. A lot of these, again, these songs just sound like current that we, you know, if you throw it in the radio right now, it's going to be a bop, but you're going to hear that shit every day. Music right now is has like a half life of three months. It's like music doesn't last more than six months. Um, and I feel like Chris is an artist outside of that. Drizzy is still an artist outside of that. That's why we didn't like uh, CLB as much or as a as a culture. I like CLB, but CLB had nothing but a bunch of current. Maybe like okay, this can fit in in rotation for the next three to six months, but we expect Drizzy to give us songs that are going to last three, four, five, damn near a lifetime. You know, uh, three, four, five years to a lifetime. We expect the Marvin's Room. We that, expect the God's Plan. That's still, I think, his number one record that he ever did. 
clean. Yeah, we expect something that is going to be bling. transformational. <laughs> like, we're not expecting a whole album of, all right, this is really going to not be played in the next year. Just hold on, we're going home. I mean, Drizzy got number one for days. Drizzy, take care. Like, Drizzy got stuff that you still, when you go to... As thinking from a DJ mind now, right. as a DJ, you thinking you, you like fancy, huh? Oh, we this this is gonna make the club go up. <laughs> when when I play this track, it's gonna make it go up. Mm. Like headlines and CLB got too sexy for you or whatever. But I that's hate that fucking that shit. song is not getting played in the next three years. <laughs> I'll be surprised. I hate that shit. You know what I mean? And then you got stuff like Fair Trade, but Ooh. that's not a hundred. It, it's it. It was like one of the number one number records one, yeah, culturally. Record culturally, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Everybody liked that record, but yeah. I don't know. It was the punchlines. Yeah, and I don't know how it stands against the other records that he's done like that. Right. You know, that's not, I don't know if necessarily we'll be playing it for a long, long period of time, but it's still a slap. It wasn't even an album, but we're definitely going to be playing if you read it and this is too late. Those got crazy fucking, you're going to be playing them shits in the club. Oh, yeah, there's energy. Energy. <sighs> I hear that shit all the time. Um... All right, so Lauren London basically Damn. stated classic interview with her and Angie Martinez. Angie, you know, you know, you got the one. She said the difference between a relationship of, is pure love versus a relationship of ego. Love doesn't mean that we have to be together forever. Those are like the highlights. Definitely go to the Angie Martinez clip. Shout out I, to Angie Martinez, still the goat doing it. That joint is kind of long, so I didn't want to really play it. But right. um, yeah, how do you feel about it overall? Lauren London showed me that what she had with Nip is only as ascertainable as if what Nip feel like he had with her. Mm. R.I.P. Nipsey. I feel like I feel like you wasn't really saying relationship goals with them. Nope. But you saw two people who I who in my opinion. When I first heard Lauren London with Nip, I was like, "This she he's about to get a different Lauren London that Lil Wayne and other rappers have never experienced." Um, I think he was also searching for something different with her. He yeah, he was definitely searching for something different. All those other rappers were she's a video vixen. I'm trying to hit right. They was just rappers to her. Yeah, I'm trying to hit, and she looks good on my arm, so she could be my girl for three months. Right. I, I personally feel like, just off of his intellect, when you date a particular human being of caliber, like a Nipsey, I forgot what his name meant, but he has a powerful name. His name is in the Bible. So, like, this guy had a very powerful thing around him anyway. His all, So you knew, and, and I personally feel like when babies are named, your name is setting you up for something in life that you probably not even realizing until you get to a certain level. Because names carry weight, too. You know what I mean? Um, she realized, and I think she said this in it, she's not going to find, and, and she she's not going to find, and she's not trying to find a replacement for Nipsey. She's not going to find a love like that either. Because how however that was is how that was. That was like a moment in time. That's never going to be the same. That's like Vanessa Bryant. I don't think Vanessa Bryant... And Kobe Bryant was necessarily relationship goals. They had a lot of hiccups. Kobe almost went to fucking jail at one point with that whole rape situation. That shit was, that was, she was with him. The alleged rape situation. She was with him. And I know for a woman being with a man who was accused of certain shit, 
for them to endure all of that and still be with you says a lot. He, Nipsey, was a crip. We don't know what shit's uh, situations that she may have or may not have been dealing with a crip. This nigga's in a whole gang. Whether he was still acknowledging that he was a part of street life or not, nigga, he was a part of the California Revolution in progress, okay? He was a part of that. And I think Nipsey changed her. I think Nipsey changed her for the better, too. I think his death, you know, is... We still haven't seen it yet. I feel like his death... We're now going to see how she moves and how she operates in Hollywood. I don't think she will ever be the same again. Because we know this. The death changes people. But I think it was the way he was taken out. That's the shit that will always fuck with her the most. He didn't die from like a natural cause. He didn't die from like, quote unquote, being caught in like a cheating situation. The nigga was killed. In broad daylight. And as somebody who was... She was a reality person on her own looking at it. If I was her, I probably wouldn't even be doing interviews. I wouldn't be doing movies. I wouldn't be doing videos. And she still has done these things. She's a strong person, man. She's strong as fuck. Um, yeah, and I think that... I think everything you said is true. I think in terms of... When you come across transformational loves... It changes you as an individual. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the love was perfect. Right. We do that as the consumer. We do that as the person that looks at all of these artists and movie stars and actors and entertainers um, as a form of, I don't know, royalty or deities in, in, in some instances and that because they know how to make a relationship last a certain amount of time, that somehow that means that the relationship is a goal to aspire, which in some cases for many of us who don't know how to make a relationship last more than six months, it might be. Your goal might be to see how to obtain a relationship that lasts three, four, five years. And I think then it gets a little bit more specific you start to see that people, again, I think Nipsey represented for a lot of people that unicorn nigga that people say they want on the internet. It's a big meme and joke yeah. of it being you want the the six, seven dude that's also gentle, that is corporate and making millions, but also a street nigga that knows how to handle you, but what could put you in your place. Like, it's, it's a running joke, but I think for some people it's also a reality. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for someone who has this duality of the street life versus being a corporate family man. And the reality is, is that does not exist in the instance that everybody wants to claim that it does. But Nipsey challenges that to some extent. Nipsey, like you said, is was in a gang but also making a lot of money. But, but also had a business, a successful business. You know, also had a business. A also was very, um, it seemed like he was very calm and able to express his emotions in a particular way. Very conscious. 
And so I think a lot of people latch on to that and say, see, that was the type of man that I wanted and or I want. And Lauren um, was able to have that type of experience. I want to have that experience. So that's relationship goals. But I think what she did a good job of exposing to some extent is y'all thought it was relationship goals. And I'm not saying that it's not relationship goals. I'm just saying it wasn't perfect. Whatever y'all thought was perfection over here. If you thought that we had this relationship of bliss and there was never any challenges, anything like that, you got a little fucked up. And then it, it transformed the conversation into, um, pure love versus ego love out of ego and a lot of what she was mentioning there is love out of ego is what makes you want to own a person versus pure love is what makes you just want to be with the individual and then she said that love doesn't have to last forever it can have an end point um and I do feel like it's worth kind of dissecting that a little bit because I feel like some people will take that to mean that Trying to obtain a long-term monogamous relationship with somebody is a waste of time. And I don't think that that's what she was alluding to. I think what she's saying is your mentality when you go into relationships, right? Some people go into relationships with this mentality of because we are committed to one another, you're mine. And because you're mine, your experience with me uh, can never be experienced by anybody else. And that goes into this idea of false ownership of if I see you with another person, I'm jealous, or if I see you move on, you can never move on. And then you have the unhealthy side of things. People start stalking X, Y, and Z. Um, but when you purely love somebody and you realize that the road has come to an end, you realize that this relationship, this love is no longer working for the both of you, it's okay to, to to split ways at that point in time. You don't have to force this idea that, well, we had this love and maybe at one point it was the most magical thing ever, so let's force it again. But I don't want that to get mixed up with not working on relationships because a lot of people will use that to say, oh, well, you know, the moment we have a rough patch, that means that we just need to split and that doesn't work. I don't think that that is a goal of anybody's. I think the goal should always be how long can we make this last? But once we hit a brick wall and we realize that no matter what we're doing to try to make this work, it's no longer working, then it's okay to split. Um, so that, that was my takeaway from it. Um, and as you said, I think she is a strong individual. When someone is taken from you, that is totally different than when you guys just decide that the romantic side of things isn't going to work, but you could feel, you still feel like you could call that person any time of the day, or you still feel like you could have tea or a lunch date, or maybe in the future you can work things out. It is totally different when someone is taken from you. So I think also too, when somebody is taken from you, there's a form of mental illness that is created. There can be. I mean, I wouldn't call it mental illness, but trauma for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think Lauren London will ever be the same again. I don't think she will ever be the same again because we also saw in how he was killed, how his death affected hip hop as a culture. His death, I didn't even realize his death was going to affect me and I barely listened to his music. I just think I, like, I liked him more as an individual than I did as a rapper. Yeah. I was like, this guy as an individual, 
man. I'm, I I wish I would have had the opportunity to actually meet him. I'm, it did help that that last album slapped too, though. That last the last album was fire too, and that was one of the only projects that I ever listened to. And when he died, it made me go back to his old shit. And I was like, his natural progression. Not only did he get better, but the more and more I listened, I was like, yo, this guy been conscious his whole life. Yeah, and you you can hear the respect of the industry. Yeah, like I was like, so when he got killed, and when he died, I was like. Hip hop as a culture, hip hop as a culture really does not respect their conscious rappers. The ones that really normally end up making it is the niggas that's talking about fucking somebody, bitch. Mm-hmm. Those are the niggas that really end up making it. Those are the niggas that we really glorify. We really praise those niggas. We really, you know, identify with those niggas more. Because even when Nipsey's mural was created, it was fucked up a few days later. These are the, these are the niggas that we are supposed to be really learning and taking the gems from. But these are also the same ones that when they get killed, talk about it for a few, make a few records about it, and then we just kind of move on with the trend, whatever that trend is. And and that's where that's where we've been at with music, hip hop music, and that's where we at now with hip hop music. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I feel like we are at a space where hip hop is at a crossroad. It's either going to die or evolve. And I think, unfortunately, when you're at the top, you make the assumption that you will always evolve. But in my opinion, we've been saying it for a while. Hip hop is is dead. We had uh, the DA of uh, Atlanta come out and basically say that there are going to be two more high-profile cases coming down the pipeline. She was calm as fuck when she said that shit. I was like, oh, it's going down. And it, and she was specific. High-profile and Atlanta. I don't know, but there's a lot of high-profile Atlanta rappers because um, Atlanta was the hot spot. So... It could be, I mean, when you talk about Young Thug and Gunna, top of the hip-hop food chain, I don't know what that's going to mean. And if if we're going to have more and more of the, quote-unquote, top rappers behind bars, what I've been saying for, what, last year? The streets is done? The streets is done? It, Somebody was talking about Lil Baby better be out of here. Like, he better be on a flight somewhere just chilling out of the business. I said, they, they might be looking at Baby. He He might be next. I don't know. We'll see. All right. We had a bunch of new music come out this week. Um, we had Neo. So Neo dropped the project. I listened to some of it. I didn't get a chance to really listen to it. I listened to some of it. it it's it, To me, it's one of his better projects since Year of the Gentleman. I oh, think wow. Damn. a lot of his music in between that, I haven't really fucked with. Like a lot of his projects. Okay. Um, he's had some singles with Pitbull in between that time that have been fire. Okay, he's been he's been making some international music. Okay, because Pitbull's an international. Yeah, artist. yeah. I mean they've they've had a lot of they that money. Those collabs where they made some pretty dope dance records. Beautiful. Then he came out with, or not then, but in between that time, he came out with something called Red Trash. Damn. Um, he uh, came out with Libra Scale, which he spoke about on the Joe. Some Budden. people like the Libra Scale though. Some people do. Uh, he spoke about it on the Joe Budden podcast and basically said. That he didn't get the the label support um, that he needed to fulfill the vision that he had. Libra scale was was like the decline, I think, for me and Neo, um, in terms of what I felt was happening with his music. They, it felt like it was all over the place to me. 
And I think part of that, based off of the conversation he had with Joe, um, I think he kind of expressed that that came from him having one particular type of vision and the label saying, nah, we're not spending money on that. So you have to change that vision and him trying to condense his vision to, um, you know, make the label feel happy. So I guess that's where a little bit of why that project to me felt it w- like it wasn't that well crafted. Um, but yeah, he's had a couple of projects in between, but this one to me sounds the best out of his more recent releases. Um, and then he had that, that story that he told about lucky day. I think he's, he said that My lucky day story was in fucking sane. Bro. He said it was about a decade ago. Lucky day was writing for him. Uh huh. Lucky day was supposed to be on the Miss independent remix, which Jamie Foxx ended up being on, but that whole verse was written by. Lucky day. And uh, he said that he had lucky day in his crib and was like, yo, the whole crib is yours <laughs> except for my master, my master bedroom. bedroom. You leave that one alone, we're straight. What? And lucky day. Had a lucky day. Had a lucky day in the master bedroom. Oh, lucky day. <laughs> um, <Mm-mm-mm. laughs> That story was so fucking wild. I... This industry got so many secrets we do not know about. God damn, son. I just don't understand what type of mindset. Because I'm sure Neo had a huge house with probably four guest rooms. Neo probably had. Neo house still probably wild. He probably condensed it, though. But his house was probably wild back then. Probably had a pool. Probably had a sex room. He probably had a room where it's like, yo, this shit got all of the the, the, the tricks anything you want anything you want in this room my music playing in the background too yeah like music anything just don't hit the master so what makes you go nah i gotta i gotta fuck in the master I bedroom had, bro i had this conversation with somebody the other day it, it goes like this you could do this this and this but you can't but you shouldn't i pray to god you don't it's the mystery and, oh, that's what I can't do? That's what you don't want me to do? Nigga, that's what the fuck I'm going to do. But to me, that's disrespect. Right. That's disrespectful. So right. That's like a kid. you telling a kid something, and in your mind, you're like, at age eight, you should know the difference between you do this and you don't do that. But I feel like there's a difference between an eight-year-old and a 25-year-old. Because Lucky would have been around 25 or something like that Listen, back then. I don't, I don't know if it registered in the... I give a fuck department. I think it was zero. Because zero, zero fucks is being given. I mean, this it. even goes back to like when niggas decide to fuck in their parents' bedroom. I've heard a lot of stories. I've not. That's something that I've never done. We, we need to have a Bible. I've never done that in my life. That's not something I want to do. I've heard a lot of stories where niggas fucked in their parents' bedroom instead of in their own bedroom. And to me, that's just that's just disrespectful. That's giving the impression that your parents got the better bedroom. And I presume that that's maybe the mentality that goes into it I is okay, yo, the, the bed is bigger the there. It's more sturdy. And my, my parents ain't fucking like that. They older. And maybe, you know, I've always had like a great bed. So <laughs> I don't I don't know if maybe, you know, some people when they were teenagers or or whatever the case, when they first fucked, they had maybe a bunk bed. So maybe they was like, I'm not fucking on a bunk bed. Nah, you know what the problem is? You fuck on a bunk bed in college. Nah, you know what the problem is? Some niggas still got a twin bed. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> they bed is not 
And it, it, it took me years to learn, like, damn, like, there was a lot of years that I had a twin bed. I was so... <laughs> this clip going so... <laughs> I still had a... I think, but I think even... <laughs> I think even still, when I got to college, I had a twin bed. I never had a full bed until I was past 25. <laughs> I'm just being honest. At one point, I did have a, a, a queen bed, but it was a blow-up bed. Oh, my God. I, I had a lot of bed issues. So maybe this could only apply to me. Maybe I should have been fucking in my parents' room. Emotional damage. A lot of emotional damage right there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, that might play into it. Just being honest, that might play into it. I just I mean, see it as straight bed for a long time. Straight disrespect, even oh, man. even if it's like he never. He, lucky they never had a full size bed, bro. He that never, might have been it. Son. He never knew what it looked. I'm not making any excuse for me. I'm just saying that's that's a possibility. But I, yo, like if my damn, if I was working for a corporate, super corporate person, they like yo, I'm gonna give you my suite. Damn. For the for, for the, the week. weekend, because that's what he did for the, for the week. For the week, I'm about to go out of town. God damn, yo, man, seven days. I'm telling you right now, I got the theater, I got the fuck room. You got you could stay in the guest room. I got three bathrooms, nigga. They all different. I got I got three rooms with three bathrooms in it. Fuck, damn. Just don't go in my room. I leave my shit alone. So wait, oh, Neo, Neo, Neo. Why do you leave your room open? That's that's another question. But maybe he just trusted him. Maybe maybe some of the shit that he no. needed was in that room. Nigga, so it's like, yo, he knew Lucky Day. You let this nigga stay in your house, not just your house, a whole week, a week, and you didn't lock your door. He trusted him. If you trusting the nigga in your house, you would trust he ain't gonna go into. But I guess that would break that, right? Because then I'm like... That's definitely breaking the trust because maybe that was a test. Yeah. And he fails. Because it's like, damn, if I tell you don't go in the safe, are you going to go in the safe? If if I tell you, like, what if there... God forbid, and we're not putting this on Neo, but just in general. What if there was like a court case or, or some type of really precious document somewhere in that room? And yeah, and it's like, yo, you go and you, you now could expose a, a scandal that I've been... Holding down, and then and, and then and then you tell Neil when he comes back, nigga, it is my career that you gonna help, <laughs> or your career is on the line, and nigga, that's on a lucky day, that's on a lucky day. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, t- to be honest, too, I mean, nigga, there's some shit that we know about niggas that if we were to pull some shit, it'll be bad, so, and somebody's probably waiting. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm waiting. Somebody's waiting for when the shit pop off for real, and, and we gonna hear some bullshit. You're not gonna hear about me being in the nigga house for a week though, but you might hear some shit that might make you think, "Damn, ten years ago, you was on some shit." You right? Roddy Rebel was also on some shit and dropped the new project. Um, Do we listen to that though? Like, I haven't, but I heard that this project is really good. I heard that okay. that Roddy Rebel did a great job. Is 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 the content still fuck bitches get money? I presume so. Suck my dick. But it's supposed to be uh, Roddy versus Rebel, so I think there is this duality of conscious 
not conscious music, but okay. him being conscious of the type of music that he makes versus, I guess, some of the experiences that came from it, you know, when we talk about him being in jail for a long period of time and things like that. So I do feel like this is not necessarily just a bunch of um, shoot 'em up, bang, bang music. Okay. But All right. um, it does raise the question because, in contrast, uh, Bobby put out a song called Tucci Daddy. Right, which was which was not good. <laughs> wasn't good. The first, the title was not good. That's a phrase that we should just be using. That's not a that's not a title you it, name your song. It, so it raises the question of he was doing all type of shit in that video. I'm sorry. Did we get it wrong? Is Roddy really the actual artist here? Oh yeah 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 yeah. But and Bobby is more like a personality. But but. But who's more entertaining? Bobby Schmurder. Who makes you laugh more? Bobby Schmurder. Well, that's why he would be more of a personality. Right. Maybe he needs a show, but this music, it seems like ever... Bobby Bitch did ring off, but Bobby Bitch was the first time for me where I was like, I don't think Bobby can put out quality music for a long period of time. He, the the label could not settle on a a project. I felt like they had the because I mean he rang off from that was literally a surprise. That was the surprise era of music where something could go viral and everybody kind of like like hook onto it. onto it. And then the label had to catch up. And I think that that's what they did with Bobby. But there never was a that real was the Panda era. That was you know I got bros in Atlanta. Yeah, <gasps> that was that. Era. Yeah, there's a lot of one hit wonders in that era. Right. <laughs> um. And I think that they never found a way to kind of make him into a quote-unquote artist package. But Roddy, Roddy been hitting with all types of hot singles and hot music for a minute now. I think, uh, this is just my opinion, I never, to this day I feel like I'm the same way, I never really subscribed to the drill music culture i never like you're not gonna go on my phone right now i'm speaking about right now you're not gonna find much there when it comes to a bobby schmerder even a pop smoke rp pop smoke you're not gonna find that's not really what feeds me that's not Mm -hmm. that's not really like what does it for me to be honest i'm more of a punchline bars witty because that that's how i am musically that's how i am artistically like that's the type of shit that i that's how i would rap or flow whatever but I think Rowdy is more of, he, he would be giving more pop smoke energy. He would be giving more, you know, I'm a fly nigga, I'm handsome, but I also fuck a nigga up real quick. Like, I take a, a nigga bitch from him type shit. I think Bobby is in a space now. Again, I don't know what his, what his experience was in prison. Yeah, but Bobby's definitely Bobby not thinking about that. Yeah, Bobby's not thinking about that no more. I mean, nigga, we just saw the interview, and it's crazy that I swinging his feet. I wanted to say more, but I'm like, damn. You know what's wrong with y'all niggas? Y'all niggas hate when a nigga like realize like who he is and how he wanna like be. Like y'all niggas is not comfortable with yourself. So then, like, you make jokes like, "Oh, it looked like I was reading the comments. Oh, it looked like this nigga was touched in prison. Why gotta be all of that?" 
why can't just be this nigga's comfortable? Why gotta be he gay now? And if he is, who give a fuck? Y'all niggas. And it, it could just simply no sense to me, man. Definitely, I mean, you could definitely see that Bobby has made a, a concerted effort to live how life the fuck, yeah. how the fuck he want to live life. Right. That's that's really what it come down to. Comes down to. And to me, he's going to continue to make more fun music and less music about killing and less music about probably selling drugs than Rowdy. Rowdy's probably still going to do that. And Rowdy will never be as much of a bigger name or a personality like Bobby. Oh, I don't know about that. I feel I feel because I think Rowdy is funny, though, but he's not funny like Bobby. Nah, but I feel like. Rowdy is starting to get the respect that he always wanted and deserved to some extent musically and that depending on how he can consistently put out things that are going to elevate his stature that is going to put him in a, a totally different stratosphere. I think Bobby has a career or more of a career in being a personality and so I don't necessarily know it, what that looks like in between the two of them. I feel like Rowdy does have a route to become as successful, um, if not more successful, than Bobby musically. Um, but I think that Bobby um, has the personality that if cultivated the proper way, I'm not saying that he's Flavor Flav, but that's the route that I feel like don't, he might that, need to go in yeah. terms of like TV shows. Yeah, okay, okay. In terms of like being a media personality. Okay. In terms of maybe I don't I don't necessarily see him doing a podcast or nothing like that. Nah, maybe appearances. But I I could maybe see a revolt show like how um Carisha has. Right. Like I could see something like that where Bobby is doing funny shit and people are laughing. And stuff like, but you always run the risk of becoming a caricature of yourself when you come from I shoot niggas in the head to now I do silly stuff to get attention, quote unquote. Maybe that's how he always wanted to be. I mean, his first single, he was doing silly shit in that video, or him and all his niggas doing all, and that's fine, doing all that type of dancing. It's just when the music don't match anymore, yeah, and you're not hot on that end. Sometimes that has a negative impact on you, um, but sometimes. You can manipulate it to be like, yo, no, I'm a personality now. Right. And and there is space for that, I think. There's a lot of space. There's a lot of money in that, too. A hundred percent. So I think both of them, them can be successful. I think, like you said, Roddy is more so still on his bully in terms of like, yo, this is what's going to happen. Not street life type shit. If, live your life, young man. Um, And I think in terms of musically, that's going to work for him. Um, and I'm not too sure if he's worried about being a personality outside of music. Right. I think Bobby right now, the music isn't working, but his personality will always work. So Right. Oh, yeah. That's not going nowhere. He needs to cultivate that. Um, all right. So we're about to get out of here. Uh, do a quick recap of politics because we got to make sure that all black people in the know. Well, I've got some red meat for you. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. All 
All right, so Steve Bannon testified and basically said that he knew um, Trump was going to do some wild shit when during if he didn't win the election. That clip came out. I was like, damn. Yeah, he basically said that he knew that Trump was going to try and take like voting machines, do all types of shit um, to discredit the results of the election. If if and he basically had different timelines. He was like, if he's losing by eleven o'clock. He's going to do X, Y, and Z. But if he's losing by this time, he's going to do that. By the next day, he's going to do this, that, and the third. Now, granted, he was not, in my opinion, speaking from like a factual, but more so from a, oh, I had a conversation with this nigga, and this nigga definitely told me he it was up and stuck if he loses type shit. So not like they had a planned, articulated, this is what we are going to do, right. but more so like he sat and he spoke with him and he knew that shit was going to go left. Um, essentially. So that's where we are. They've been doing hearings for the last two weeks, um, if not longer than that. Uh, and so I don't know where all this is leading. Most of us are kind of like this is just a dog and pony show because no one's going to get arrested at the end of it. No. So what, what's the point? Um, most Democrats through a poll do not want Joe Biden to run in 2024. Now, my question from this is, Will this be the case if things turn around in 2023? What things would have to turn around, though? Well, gas prices are already going down. Um, They started to trickle down. Uh, If the economy starts to look... Remember, a lot of people are saying that recessions or downturns, this isn't an official recession, but a downturn typically is between 1.8 months. I mean, 1.8 years. So two years, essentially. So by the time or one and a half years. um, So by the time 2023 comes about, we could be looking at an upturn. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to have a good Jordan year. Okay, next year is Jordan year. So I'm trying to have a great Jordan year. Whether or not. We in a real recession or not, Um, if COVID has taught me one thing. It's taught me do it now. Don't wait. Whatever's happening. Do it now. Do it now. This nigga want to, you know what I mean, really pursue his DJ thing. And I'm, nigga, I'm 100% behind XAB DJ parties. What? I'm not, now, not, I'm not calling out the DJ now to do shit. I'm a DJ right here, nigga. It's over. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I presume that, I don't know. I think 2024, if things are how they are now, you're going to see Newsom, um of California run. All of this positive like news around him, he's looking like he probably has the best uh, chance of pretty much getting elected as opposed to uh, Joe Biden right now. But if you right. do see an upturn, you know, Joe Biden will be super old by then. Joe Biden is showing us that he's super old now, bro. Joe Biden, within this one year, has misread teleprompters, has fallen off bikes, and has fallen off aircrafts. Steps. Bro, it's time it's time for Joe to just say no. Yeah. Joe. I really I really would like for him to, to wrap it up. And he has to wrap bro, he has to wrap it up before R.I.P. to her. Uh Donald Trump's first wife uh just passed away. And they said today that it came from her multiple times falling down her stairs. And one of her friends even said, Yo, I feared for her life one time. I'm like, yo. You sure you can handle these stairs? And she said, yeah. And ultimately, that's what led to her death, according to the uh, medical report. 
Yeah, and and Hunter Biden out here wilding. So Hunter, yo, they got other things they might, they might want to get. Yo, Hunter Biden's out here having that drug binges, insane boy, and prostitutes. Now, granted, he he could afford it. So live live your life. Live your life. Yeah, I'm not here to judge. Um, Speculate. You all a get lot tested. of that shit is legal now in the U S. So it's not get tested though, please. Yeah, know your status. I I can definitely. We all, we all know that that shit look is an embarrassment yeah. to them. They be tight. Yeah, this motherfucker again. He keeps fucking up. Elon Musk now has been interesting because he's starting to step into the political realm a little bit more. And I always look at that like with a you know not a grain of salt. That's not the best way to say it, but I always look at that with a curious eye because yes, he's supposed to be a tech person. So what do you really want in this arena? Right. Right, and you've been in this arena a little bit more than the average tech person. Right. Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, all these people try not to have a public opinion on politics, but Elon Musk, as of recently, has been very political. You know, he's been, he pulled, he's trying to pull out of the Twitter deal, they're suing him, Um, and in in the midst of that, him and Trump are going back and forth. Trump is basically saying that he's a charlatan. The electric cars that he's pushing don't go nowhere. His space uh, expeditions don't go nowhere. All these things. Um, And then Elon Musk is basically saying, Trump, please don't run again. We had enough. Um, You're going to do nothing but hurt America and hurt your party. And then he also gave out a warning to Biden and was like, Biden, if you run again, uh, DeSantis is going to win. And so I don't know what his goal Strong is. Words. Yeah. And of course, when you say things like that with the influence that you've had and in, over the last couple of months, they've been saying he's been like one of the number one trending people since Donald Trump has been removed from social media to some extent. Right. So now we're hearing Elon Musk's name a lot. One, one less mouthpiece. Oh, and now we got another one. Right. So I don't know. Something to keep the eye on. Another thing to keep the eye on is Kamala Harris has definitely been a lot more visible since Joe Biden's numbers have tanked. And I think that that's on purpose. She has no choice. She is the vice president of the United States of America. I think that the Democratic Party is making a, a effort to put her in the front because she's more likable or was. Um, and so now they're trying to put her out there to see if maybe... She can get numbers back up. But the thing is, Kamala Harris's personality isn't the most likable. No. I think what she stands for is what a lot of people gravitate to. But she hasn't really. And as a vice president to Joe Biden, I think that's a dope balance. But her being in the limelight, which is why we haven't seen her a lot, period. I think they realize Oh, she's not the most likable um, in the limelight. But now they're like, yo, Joe Biden is taking hit after hit after hit. We got to put her out there. Um, Just something to think about. That's politics. Tough not, broski. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. That's all I got. Okay. All All right. Um, What would dad say? Dad would say, create. I think we have to just go out there and create, whether that is 
create the life that you want, whether that is create the art that you want, or whether that is create the love that you want. Another episode of Dad Has a Bow Ties. Bye. Peace.